Hi, my name is John Kim, and I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth. I share my feelings and revelations. I believe in casual or clinical and with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. So I started running live Zoom groups during COVID as a way to help people get out of their heads and process some stuff, but also to build a community where we could champion each other's stories. It's called the TAT Lab, and that has grown into a thriving community now where we have life coaches and therapists all running multiple classes a day, everything from codependency to relationships. I run a giant check-in once a week. I'm also doing a group couples class, everything from trauma to chakras, and, and it's constantly changing. And one of the reasons why it's called the lab is because uh, we are playing in our sandbox. And something that I'm super passionate about is helping people in a casual way. So it's more casual over clinical. Um, we have a great time and we have an amazing community. And also it's extremely affordable. So check us out. There's no better time to grow than right now. Go to my Instagram at The Angry Therapist and click on my bio link. And we will see you in group. So my mom comes over a couple times a week to help out uh, with a kid, and I asked her, can you come by Wednesday? And she says, I can't on Wednesday, um, which is strange for me because she basically does nothing. I was like, well, what's going on? And she says, well, Wednesday's when the trash comes, and I have to take the um, empty trash cans and move them away from the street because they get in the way. And so I was like, oh, just because of the the trash man coming you can't come over and she says well it's spread out because there's the green trash can the brown trash can and the the blue recycling and they come at different times so my wednesday shot and i was thinking to myself well i asked her you know so you're gonna let your life revolve around when the trash man comes to pick up the trash and uh she's like yeah that's what needs to be done and i was thinking to myself this is a person who came to america with no money, worked her ass off, <laughs> and uh, has done many businesses, um, you know, working 14, 16 hour days. Um, and now her life uh, is making sure she's home uh, so the uh, trash cans are not blocking her driveway. That's that's her, her, her life. And I don't know if that's sad or if it's actually beautiful, you know, the simplicity of that because she's retired. Um, now, she doesn't do it every day, but that Wednesday, that's that's trash can day, and that is her life. Anyway, um, speaking of my mom, and, and I know you're thinking, well, what, what was the point of that story? I, I will try my best to circle it back. We'll see. It might, I might miss this swing. Um, but... Today's episode is about positive psychology. I'm going to talk about one of my favorite concepts. Um, but but speaking of my mom, I use this example of, of a lot. You may have uh, heard it before if you uh, listen to my episodes of my podcast. Um, but if my mom won the lottery, she would her first response would be, "Fuck the taxes I have to pay on that 200 million." I don't know if she would say "fuck," but she would say, "Ah, oh. she would, oh she would say I go." I go wow, good to, good to taxes money. I said that wrong. I think I said it backwards, but you know, the the amount of taxes I have to pay on that. That is not positive psychology, by the way. That is seeing the glass as half empty. And I know where it comes from. So for my mom, uh being 
just raised in a poor, war-stricken village where she had to carry pails of water at like 14 to, to, to her family, um, like coming from that world, she's permanently set on survival mode, you know? Um, and so in growing up with someone like that, both of my parents are, uh, they're both from Korea and, and old school. So um, it was all just about survival, just about getting, you know, food on the table. And um, I remember growing up, it was always a, a panic, like, you know, how much did we sell today? We, we've always owned little businesses. And, you know, did we make enough money? And I remember we were in debt with like credit cards, a hundred grand. And there was always this worry and doom and negativity and, and panic. And there's no way that I, at nine years old, didn't absorb that. And so growing up, you know, in my 20s, I, I was just always in, in panic and survival and negative and, you know, dread and worry just constantly. This is before my um, rebirth and, and, of course, becoming a therapist and all that. But that was just my default. That was my wiring. And so... I don't know if I was in my 20s and I won the lottery, I probably would have said the same thing. Fuck the the taxes, I have to pay on this. Anyway, let's talk about positive psychology because um, I no longer think that way. And a lot of it is due to uh, a lot of practice and many years of incorporating um, optimism as a practice and part of positive psychology is the practice of optimism and i think for many optimism is kind of hokey it's like oh yeah just be optimistic uh it's not just sitting on a couch and crossing your fingers and hoping and you know there there has to be a a truth to it it can't be false right it can't be like this fake cheerleader uh is that a word optimism um and i think that's why positive psychology gets a bad rap because it's like what is it? Is it to just be positive all the time? You know, does that really work? Um, I think it's deeper than that. I think it you, you have to do it in a way that's honest and authentic for it to work. Uh, and also, you have to turn it into a lifestyle. It's like fitness where you can't just, you know, do boot camp over a weekend and think that that's done. And now you're you're going to have, uh, you know, your, your perfect body. Um, it requires fitness to be threaded into your life in some way. And of course, uh, you know, diet and all of that stuff. So let's talk about one of my favorite concepts uh, in positive psychology. It's called PERMA, acronym. The P stands for positive emotions. And what's important is that you create a space for positive emotions to naturally, organically um, brew. And most people don't, right? So if you come home from a shitty day, and you don't make any effort, and you have a lot of stress, and you got unpaid bills, and your relationship is falling apart, it's going to be really hard to just like, you know, turn on a switch and suddenly be positive, unless that positivity is fake, right? You actually have to create a space for that. There's intention involved. It's really hard to do. Now, our thoughts, uh, yes, our thoughts drown us, but it's our emotions, it's our feeling that really makes us sink into the quicksand. And so, um, a lot of our thoughts distorted uh, and mostly about the past or future uh, create, produce a feeling. And it's that feeling that sucks us under, right? That makes us um, depressed or negative or, or hopeless. Um, so to be positive, 
you have to create a space for positive emotions. And that may look like creating um, a good group of friends, you know, who are positive, right? If you have friends that are nothing but negative, it's going to be very hard to create that space with your friends. Um, maybe it's uh, giving yourself uh, you time. Maybe it's giving yourself a fucking donut. I don't know. Uh, sometimes for me, just a nice motorcycle ride. Um, recently, just simple things like watering the, the lawn, you know, that, that gives me calm, that makes me feel positive. A good hot cup of coffee in the morning by myself on the porch, that creates positive emotions. Meditation, I don't know, but positive emotion, that's P. Um, e is engagement. This is a big word for me because I never engaged in life. I just allowed life to happen. You have to actively engage in life or... You're just going to be pummeled. You're going to be like a a, a test dummy, <laughs> a rag doll. You have to engage. Uh, and also by engaging, you are, you are creating a space to be present and to be mindful. So it doesn't matter if we're talking about, um, you know, some big thing like a, a, an event or it could be engaging in a conversation. It could be just showing up, being super present at dinner. It could be engaging in uh, a kiss or driving or dancing or listening to music to actually engage in life that creates uh, positivity we'll be right back this episode is brought to you by magic spoon hey remember when growing up how amazing breakfast cereal was it wasn't all healthy back then. It was sugary and chemically and addictive, and you could eat bowls and bowls of that. Then we had to grow up and become adults, and we had to put that away. Well, not anymore. There's a company called Magic Spoon, and they created a new cereal that is basically what you grew up with, but zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Magic Spoon offers four flavors based on the all-time classics. Remember these? Cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. Magic Spoon spent over a year working with the best food scientists and chefs to recreate the texture and taste of classic sugary cereal. Guys, this is a dream come true. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And I'm going to give you a taste today. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash angry and you can get a variety pack. The shipping is free. Promo code angry, all caps, A-N-G-R-Y, magicspoon.com forward slash angry. Promo code all caps, angry. I just made your day. You're welcome. Go get your cereal now and connect to that 12-year-old that you have disconnected to for so long. R stands for relationships, and um, it's not just your intimate relationship. It's your complete relationship tree. So your family, um, people you surround yourself with, uh, your best friends, people you engage with. You know that relationships take work, and if you don't put work into them, if you don't um, also be be picky on, on who you want around you, then it's going to directly affect your life. So making an effort and intention to have healthy relationships. I know with me, um, in my late 20s and then after I got married, 
I didn't care about friends. I didn't want friends. I thought friends were like extra. You know, I, I had my, my partner and we were building something and it's all that mattered. I thought friends were a waste of time. Um, and I was Tom Hanks on the island talking to the volleyball. I was lonely and I didn't care. I suppressed it. Um, because there's things that we get from our friends that we, we don't, our partner, we just can't, you know, and it's not a gender thing. There are things that we get from our friends, uh, that our partner just can't give us, you know, um, when I go out with my boys and we go on a, a, a long motorcycle ride or we go on a workout or we do something, um, I'm getting something from them that I, that I can't get with my partner. And when my partner, um, hangs out with her friends and they, whatever they do, go out for dinner, whatever, she's getting camaraderie, she's getting, um, you know, whatever she's getting, she's getting that I, that I can't provide. So having friendships um, that are nurturing and supportive and encouraging are huge when it comes to life. All right. M stands for meaning. And this is everything. Viktor Frankl um, talked a lot about meaning. And I agree, you got to hang your life on meaning. Now, meaning doesn't have to be this giant thing where it's like I gotta change the world or make a dent. Meaning can just—I mean—it can be something simple. You know, um, one of the things that's really meaningful to me these days is my afternoon dance with my daughter, Fleetwood Mac, three or four songs, and just dancing with her. That's meaningful. Um, maybe it's solitude. Maybe it's doing something alone. I, I know when I was single. Um, I, I hung out by myself a lot, and that was meaningful to me. It wasn't because I didn't have friends. It was because I chose to go to the beach alone or eat dinner alone, um, bring a book and read somewhere alone. Um, that was that was also engaging. It was me engaging in life as well. So what is meaningful to you in your life, right? It could also be spaces, like a creative space for me is meaningful. Um, working in a way that's honest to me is very meaningful. These are also non-negotiables for me now. Okay, and the final one is A, and that stands for achievements and accomplishments. And it, this doesn't mean that you have to build a company and make it go private, right? This doesn't mean that you need to earn a PhD. This doesn't mean that you have um, to, to go to the Olympics. It's not that kind of thing. Yes, of course, those are great, but it could also mean just a, a small accomplishment, maybe cleaning your house today is an accomplishment and that's okay you know maybe you ate better one day or you actually went to the gym three days in a row whatever your accomplishments are it, it, as long as they matter to you that's what makes uh life good and positive and, and 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 make you feel that you're moving forward so accomplishments are important important obviously but my my point here is they don't have to be these huge wins one of the things that i've taken on uh which might might sound lame to you um, but I bought some chickens, and <laughs> it's going to be a, an accomplishment for me when I hold my first farm fresh egg in my hand from these chicks uh, who, are, who are growing to be chickens because I, I've never had animals really, and I'm, a, I'm afraid of animals. One of my friends, um, when I was in my 20s, I was a server. I came outside after my shift, and they put a... Uh, dead possum on my car. I know it sounds horrible, but you know what? That's just what you do in your 20s. You, you fuck with your friends. And knowing that I was deathly afraid of, of animal, animals, but especially uh, rodents and possums and all that. Now, insects, I could take a spider and I could squish it. I could do, you know, insects, no fear. But when it comes to any animal, I just, I mean, besides a dog, I can't pick them up. I can't go near them. And so um, 
I decided to get chickens to kind of overcome that fear because chickens seem very harmless. And uh, I'm learning to pick them up and it's still kind of like I'm shaky. Um, and of course, uh, living up here in, in, in the hills, there are also a lot of animals that eat chickens. So I got to um, make sure they're protected. I got to build things like it's a whole thing, right? It's a whole ordeal. Um, so raising chickens are not easy. It takes a lot of work. Um, but that's my uh, challenge, and also if I if they start laying eggs, the the first egg that I eat from them will be my accomplishment. So my point is, your accomplishments don't have to be some big thing that where the stars have to line up, and you know it's, it's gonna change your life. They can be little things. Um, so what's important is that you have them, right? What's important is that they're meaningful to you. Just to recap, perma, and I, and I see this as kind of like. Um, you know, in grade school, where you go in the cafeteria and they've got the the four food groups that poster on the wall, laminated, and it's like if you eat these four food groups, you're going to be healthy. Which, by the way, I think was a total lie. Um, but but maybe you see perma this way. So if you have these things in your life, then your life will be positive. You will be at a higher frequency. Um, actually, incorporating these into your life and making sure that they stay there is, in, I mean, according to me, that's practicing positive psychology. So. Positive emotions, engaging, having meaning in your life. Oh, I think I misspelled that. Okay, R, relationships, having relationships, really good relationships. And then M, having meaning in your life. And finally, A, having accomplishments and, and achieving things. I hope you focus on that this week, and I hope that this episode was helpful for you. Um, also, speaking of positive psychology, if you haven't dropped into my lab, we have uh, things like this, live lectures, groups, but also uh, codependency, um, trauma 101. Um, I run a couples group every Saturday. I also do a check-in. We also have uh, our first yoga class. We have a sound meditation. There's lots of cool stuff happening. Check it out. It's free for a week. And um, we are turning self-betterment into a lifestyle. And the community is getting close. And it's just they're just looking forward to opening up um, their phone or, or, or laptop and, and, and jumping into a Zoom class. I mean, it's, it's kind of like your fitness class, but for your mental emotional health. But there's also this kind of social element to it because our tone is casual over clinical. So it doesn't feel like work. It just feels like a hangout. And it's always been... Um, the way that I work and I'm just trying to uh, um, encourage other people um, or create a space for other people um, so they could thread self-betterment into their life so they could have a better life. Thank you for listening. Be well. Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. Journey coaching when I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there. And so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordo, Journey Coaching. That's J-R-N-I. And it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, lifetime support, and business development. ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive. See you in class.